We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have made it to playoff football, everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be talking about all the wildcard games, all from a DFS perspective. Coming up next. Happy Friday, everybody! Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the uh, the DFS version of the of the podcast. We're talking about uh, Wild Card Weekend. Uh, we're going to break it up into two slates. It looks like uh, all the main slates are kind of breaking it up to a, like a big Saturday contest, a big Sunday contest. We're going to do the same there. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on Friday mornings by Ryan Balanji. Uh, if you could please uh, rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. We are sponsored by WinBet. We we thank them for that Spanish sponsorship all year long. Ryan, we made it through. Uh, made it through eighteen weeks. Uh, my 49ers snuck in by the thinnest of margins on Sunday. It was a uh, quite a stressful Sunday for me when they were down seventeen uh, nothing, and Jimmy threw a pick. I was pretty sure it was done, and uh, the probability and win probability, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of agree with me on that. It was it was very low at, at multiple times in the game. But uh, how are you on this Friday morning? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I was pretty worried about the Niners too, but. Uh... <laughs> Happy they got in. Happy for you. And uh, I just I like the Niners as a team too. Uh, my Packers looking really good. Um, yeah, maybe we can finally get another Super Bowl this year. Um, but as far as these DraftKings slates, um, it's nice. I, I like that they broke them up. Uh, so we got a two game slate on Saturday and a three game slate on Sunday. Much different yep. than you know the 10, 12, 14 game slates uh, we've had recently. Uh, so it'll be nice to play smaller slates for once. Yeah, and obviously, if anybody's playing, there's a there's a, a Saturday morning to Monday night slate on on, on drafting that's kind of small, but there are. But obviously, the, the prices change a little bit than what we're going to talk about, but they're pretty close. Um, so a lot of the stuff that we say uh, should should apply to any kind of the contest you're playing. If you're playing single game; it'll it'll work also. Obviously, we'll discuss more players per game than we normally do with with less uh, with less uh, games out there. But uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot more players that come into play considering the fact that uh, you have so many uh, fewer games to choose from. But we do have some good games. Uh, but let's jump right in. Let's jump into Saturday. Saturday is a two-game slate. Uh, the NFL moved one game to Monday, so we have a two and a three rather than a three and a three like we did, I think, last year. Uh, we've got uh, the morning game is uh, Vegas at Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored by five and a half over under of 49 in that game, so a pretty good number there. And then we have uh, New England at Buffalo. Uh, that's uh, Buffalo minus four over under of 44 on that one. Um, so a little bit lower. I think that uh, th- there's a weather thing there. It sounds like it won't be – 
um, snow or rain, but it's going to be really, really cold. And obviously there's the concern of that. We had that uh, the game where Buffalo uh, and New England had played the windy game and, and New England ran the ball uh, in pretty much every single play. So uh, those are the two, uh, the two games on Saturday. Um, let's start with the morning game. Vegas at Cincy. You mentioned Cincy five and a half point favorite over under 49. These teams played in week 11. Uh, Cincinnati won 32 to 13, but uh, Vegas is in three in the fourth quarter, 16 to 13. Um, the yards were pretty even, but uh, Las Vegas had 77 yards in penalties. Cincinnati had five, so kind of a huge uh, a huge differential there. Uh, if you look at the teams overall, uh, you look at weighted DVOA on football outsiders. Uh, Cincinnati's 14th uh, in the NFL. Vegas is 21st. So this is the matchup of the uh, probably two of the weaker teams we've seen in the playoffs so far. Yeah, um, so I think the line started at six and a half, uh, dropped to five and a half. I've seen – you know, some people liking the Raiders and obviously some money's coming on the Raiders. Um, I like the Bengals side here, though. Um, I've been really impressed by Joe Burrow, even going back to last year, but this year especially. Um, I don't know. I can't really see the Raiders uh, hanging with the Bengals. Uh, the, how the game's going to go is what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, Mixon yeah. sort of ran all over them uh, the first game. 30 carries, I think 130 yards uh, and a couple touchdowns. Um, Burrow kind of struggled. Uh, the line struggled. Uh, the, the Raiders got to him. I think I think he's been stacked the the most amount of times in the league this year. Uh, if I'm right, that the the Bengals still struggle on the line, and if if the Raiders defense has a strength, it's uh, the pass rush. So I don't know. I kind of think the Bengals will try to establish the run early. Um, and the Raiders might be playing catch up. Uh, I don't know. W- what do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree, especially on the on the run side of it. Uh, I think that uh, since he's going to try to establish that, um, I don't know. The Raiders, are, the Raiders' defense is playing pretty tough. They've won four games in a row to get in. Um, I think this one stays close for a while. I think Cincinnati wins the game, but uh, I think that line is probably about right to me. But uh, before we get into players, the afternoon game, real quick, and we're going to Buffalo. Um, they've played twice, obviously, in the same division. Uh, the Pats won that win game 14-10. to 10, They threw three passes. The Bills won 33-21 in Week 16. Um, first game ever with Bill Belichick coached the Patriots where the other team did not uh, have one, one single punt in the game, which was, I thought was pretty uh, pretty wild. They went for it. Uh, Buffalo went for it like four times on fourth down, converting three of them. Uh, in weighted DVOA, this is a huge matchup. New England's second, Buffalo's third. So we've got two really good teams here. Um, although the Patriots have, have shown some signs of struggling lately. They've lost three of four. In three of those losses, they allowed 27 or more points. So, like, didn't finish the season really strong. Buffalo's been a bit of a weird team. All their losses have been close games. A lot of their wins have been blowouts. Um, they're fared by four. I really like Buffalo uh, to win this game and to cover this week. Yeah, me too. I uh, love Buffalo to win and to cover. Uh, I'm a bit worried about New England if the game doesn't stay close. Um, you know, they're going to want to run the ball. Obviously, Damian Harris went for over 100 in both games against Buffalo. Um, yeah. Obviously, the first one, there was some severe weather. But um, I don't, you know, the Patriots can't really win a shootout here with the Bills, I don't think. I mean, Mac Jones just, he hasn't really looked capable to me. Um, so if they get behind early, I'm a little worried about him. For for DFS, um you know, with the exception of maybe one or two guys, I, I kind of just want to cross the Patriots off here and, and focus on the other teams. I mean, lowest total, that game, uh, total came down a bit. Single-digit temperatures, I think. Uh, there's going to be wind. Um, I don't know. It just it's, doesn't really look great for the passing games, especially um, the Patriots side. 
Yeah, I agree there. The Patriots, uh, if you look at their schedule, like the, the games where Mac Jones did really well, play some weak defenses. They, they haven't been great against good even. They can, they can play defense. Belichick will have it schemed up. They've played twice recently, so imagine they'll, they'll know what's going on. But, yeah, I just uh, – I had trouble finding guys in the New England side I really wanted to play too. So let, let's jump into that. Obviously, uh, two-game slate, they're going to be – you know, the percentages rostered are going to be off the chart compared to what we're normally used to. With only four quarterbacks, you know, only, you know, four tight ends, four defenses, there's just there's just no way to – they can't be high-percentage plays. So what do you do uh, – who do you think is going to be the most popular? I, I mean, I assume quarterback in the slate is pretty easy. I assume when you look at it, it's going to be – it's going to be Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I think it'll be Josh Allen, you know, quarterback one in back-to-back seasons. Um, his passing has been down – He's a, he's a 5.7 YPA last six games. Like has not been really effective last games, but that uh, the rushing has gone up. He's got uh, four games all year with double digit rushes. Three of those four um, came in the last five weeks of the season. As the weather's gotten colder, letting him use his legs more, he's scoring rushing touchdowns. He's 7,900 on the, on the short slate on DraftKings. I think he's the most popular quarterback. You agree there? Yeah, I do agree. Um, and, and the rushing, uh, upside for Allen is encouraging. Yeah, he he's I think he's averaging 68 yards on the ground over the last five. Um, he had 12 carries against the Patriots in that Week 16 matchup. Uh, you figure if you know conditions are at all tough, he's going to be running plenty here. Um, yeah, for I think a, he's for, for a Bills quarterback. He struggled in cold weather though. It's very uh, it's very odd that to see him that, especially the guy that went went to Wyoming, plays in Buffalo. The, the cold weather's not been good to him when on, on the stat line when it's been when it's been chilly. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Like, how much do you do? Do you put a lot of stock in that into that? I think probably you know, probably not yet. Like, if it keeps being a concern, I mean, it's, it's we're talking you know three or four games. Everybody's highlighting, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think the wind is the key. If it's Super windy like it was the first game, then yeah, I mean something has to change. But aside from that, I think I think I'm fine taking Allen. Yeah, I think you know I think most quarterbacks would struggle uh, in, yeah. in wind and weather that severe. Um, I'm not sure what the temperature was when they played in Foxborough uh, week 16, but I mean Allen looked incredible. It was the best I've seen him look this season. Um, I don't know, like I think you know I think the Bills will be confident. They just sort of handled new england and you know home playoff game rivalry game yeah i'm i'm comfortable going to allen in um, terms of popularity who do you think is the who do you think is the most popular running back on this uh, in this small slate mixon and jacobs i think at least uh, according to uh the projections you know that game has the higher total um both have you know both have been good recently uh Mixon, people will see that he sort of crushed the Raiders last time. People will see yep. that, you know, he has 14 targets in his last two games, 13 catches. Uh, and Jacobs has sort of been the bright spot uh, for the Raiders, too. Um, one of his best games of the season against the Chargers that everybody just saw, 28 yep. touches in that game. Um, and then, you know, the Patriots running back situation is tough because they got two guys, the Bills you know, people don't love to roster Singletary, but I think they will some, but yeah, I think Mixon and um, Jacobs will be the most popular. Just going back to quarterback uh, real yeah, quick. Yeah. Allen will be the most popular, I think. And then, but Burrow will be close. And then, you know, people will play Carr too, just because he's, you know, quite a bit cheaper than the other ones. And, and the game yeah. script, you know, theoretically should set up favorably. Um yeah, I just wanted to mention that. 
Yeah, of course. And we'll get we'll get to some quarterback uh, receiver stacks in here a second, kind of looking at tournament plays and what you want to do to be a little different and all that. But I, I agree with you on Mixon. He's the biggest name running back on this slate. It's a weird it, between these two slates. I think Mixon's the most expensive running back on all of them. I think I don't. I think on, on the Sunday slate, there's nobody over sixty six hundred or so. I think it's Najee Harris there. But Mixon's a little weird. Like they, he didn't have more than sixty five yards rushing the last five games. So it's not like a great finish this season. He was scoring touchdowns. You mentioned the targets. That's really key. Like if he get, if he can get targets out of the backfield in this offense, um, granted they threw a lot in those two games. Uh, you know, Burrow threw for almost a thousand yards in those two games. But um, you know, if he gets the targets, that's really key. You mentioned the the previous matchup against Vegas. Is that people going to jump out? Is that also more than anything for me? It's just a nice game script. They're five and a half point favorites, and the fact that you know if you're going to get Vegas, it's it's on the rush game. They're twenty fifth in rushing points uh, per game allowed. They're thirtieth in the NFL in touchdowns and running backs. And um, I just think they play the pass better than they play the run. I think Cincinnati's going to know that they're going to want to get the run game going um, i think mixon's the most popular one but also my favorite running back in the slate so i'm, uh, I'm afraid he's gonna be really really high but yeah, obviously there's ways to get a little bit different as you go uh you go down the roster a little bit um i want to ask you about uh, when talking about popular plays before we get into everything else uh, at receiver it feels like as you build your line if you play one of the more expensive quarterbacks you probably can take um jamar chase or stefan diggs um the chase is 7800 Diggs is 7,500. What do you do when you're staring at these two and knowing uh, I can only take one, uh, which way are you going when you do it? Ah, uh, yeah, it's tough. That's what I was. That's it, what it, I might, it might depend on who your, it might depend on who your quarterback is, right? You're probably going to play the guy that you play the quarterback, but you know, just look at the two guys. Uh, who do you prefer this week? Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I I'd probably just play the one uh, who, whoever I play at quarterback and pair him with the receiver. Um, as far as who do I prefer, you know, it's weird because Chase is, you know, we wouldn't expect him to be more expensive than Diggs. Um, but based on like recent performances, I guess uh, you can understand why um, it's, he was, uh, he was, he was pretty good his last game. Oh, I mean, unbelievable, <laughs> like yeah. completely unstoppable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the upside makes me want to play chase. You know, we've talked about a lot on this podcast over the season that Diggs just hasn't had those big ceiling games. Um, but he still feels safer to me than chase. Uh, you know, he's like guaranteed to see 10 targets. You'd feel like, um, you know, in these playoff games or bigger games, usually the target share condenses a bit to the stars, yeah. you know, uh, digs 14, 13, 13 targets in three of the last five. Um, and you know, if the, if the deep passing game is affected in Buffalo at all, uh, Allen will go short to digs all game too. So like, I feel pretty safe about going to digs, but I think chase probably has a higher ceiling. Um, I don't know. Like, do you have a, a clear lean between the two? I just want to pair him with my quarterback, I guess. Yeah. I mean, apparently the quarterback is the easy answer there. But, like, if I'm looking at him, I, I definitely have a definitely prefer uh, definitely prefer Diggs. I, I love Jamar Chase. I talked about him a lot this year. But um, he's a deep ball guy. The Raiders are really good against deep balls. They're really good against touchdowns. They're through series. As we're, as we're kind of looking for any edge here on these uh, in these games, we only have two games on the slate. Like, you have to find everything. And, um, I just think that the Raiders will try and show them. I mean, they're going to try and make Burrow uh, beat them underneath. Uh, and, and Chase could do that. You catch another these passes, he can go for 60 yards at any point. But, you know, Diggs was, uh, had 14 targets last week. He led the NFL with 22 end zone targets. Like, I just think that it's, it's a guarantee, like you said, he's going to get a bunch of targets. They have other options there, but they're kind of, they kind of spread it around. 
Cincinnati, um, they don't, I'm going to say they don't spread around as much. That, but Cincinnati does. Like, you got T. Higgins there. You got Tyler Boyd there. Um, there's just a lot of options, whereas Buffalo, like, they're going to spread around between the other guys. But Diggs didn't get his first. And um, he's, he's been – he's much more uh, he's much more active against man coverage. The Raiders play – or New England plays a lot of man coverage, which I think is important in this game, too. I just think that every time Allen seeds Diggs one-on-one or in, in a man setup – He's going to go to him, whether it be a short one, whether it be a little bit longer. So I just think that the targets are there. Um, if I'm picking between these two, uh, I'm taking digs this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So let's get into some uh, some stacks. We're you know we're having some fun in tournaments here. We got we got it's a two game slate. You got to be a little different. You got to stack some stuff up. Uh, what are you doing in terms of that? I mean, obviously it looks like it's uh, you know Allen and and Burrow are the two uh, the two big ones. We've got Carr. Uh, we've got Mac Jones. But I don't think either of us really want to play. But uh, if you're if you're stacking a game here, stacking quarterback and receiver, where are you jumping to uh, to first on your list? Um, I like the Cincinnati stacks, um, just because, you know, there's some, there's cheap options, uh, to pair with Burrow first, Tyler Boyd, 4,600, um, touchdowns in three straight. And then, um, he had eight targets against Vegas, uh, in the first matchup. And I actually, I remember us talking about on the pod that, uh, the the Raiders pass rush might force Burrow to get the ball out a little quicker, which, you know, would favor Boyd and and might uh, might mean less targets for Chase uh, if the deep ball's not there. Burrow just doesn't have time. Um, so I like going to Boyd. And then even C.J. Uzoma at tight end, um, 3,500, and he's been seeing a lot of targets, uh, at least six in four out of the last five games. Uh, can, can always catch a touchdown, too. And I just think pairing Burrow with one or both of those guys kind of lets you do whatever else you want um, because it's pretty cheap. And then on the Raiders' side, um, two guys I really like for run back. First, uh, Darren Waller, who for me is like clear, clearly the best tight end option on the slate. Like you can get some separation there if Waller has a big game because there's a good chance that none of the other tight ends will. Um, and then Zay Jones too. Um, just seeing so many targets for 4,000, eight targets, 10, eight, nine, uh, and a lot of catches too, at least, at least six and three out of the last four. So, I mean, I know, you know, People sort of like to make fun of Zay Jones because, you know, he hasn't been that good historically, but he's getting it done, you know, from a DFS perspective and 4K is pretty cheap. And uh, you figure the Raiders are going to be throwing a lot in the second half. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking at for stacks. W- w- what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the the nice part about the Cincy stack is that it's a lot easier to do uh, on the comeback. Like, there's a lot. I I love Darren Wall this week. I think that that price is just way too low. I think I think it's going to be really popular. You mentioned the, the tight ends. Like, it's funny. Sunday is like tight end central. Like, there are all the elite tight ends of the NFL are playing on Sunday. Um, Saturdays is is rougher. I mean, we've got you got a couple of guys. You mentioned CJ Uzoma. We got Dawson Knox. You got Hunter Henry. But like Waller sticks out, and he's not expensive. He's fifty seven hundred. I think. Um, I love I love the Waller play this week. Even if I'm not stacking that second that up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna playing Waller on most of my teams. I just think that um, he really he didn't play he didn't he didn't he didn't do a lot last week, but played a lot of snaps, which is all I kind of wanted to see. He was on the field a lot. 
I don't really care about his production. I, I assume that can come at some point. I, I, I know what Daryl Waller could do. As long as he's healthy and out there is what I want. But um, my favorite stack here is going Buffalo. I do think Buffalo wins this game. Um, I think they cover. I think they're going to score a bunch of points. Um, I like pairing Allen with Diggs is my favorite best stack of the week. Not like I'm breaking ground there. But I like throwing Gabriel Davis in there also. He's, uh, he's really cheap this week. He is 3,900. Um, he had 14 targets last week. It was hidden in the fact that he had three catches. Like it was ugly. Uh, they didn't, they didn't really pair up well, but I love the fact that he's looking at him. Um, I'd like Emmanuel Sanders not to play for me to play Gabe Davis. I think if Sanders plays, this becomes a little more muddled as they, they just have a lot of, they have four receivers suddenly to feed all of a sudden, but I like what Gabe Davis could do. I like the upside of Davis more than Beasley, more than Sanders. Um, he's just on the field a ton when Sanders doesn't play. Um, New England, New England's a good defense. Like it's tough. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, they're they're second in the NFL in catch rate to wide receivers and in yards per target. But you know we're talking two games. You got to find something here. And I just like Davis has, has twelve end zone targets, second on the team to Diggs. I think that uh, when they get in the red zone, they look at Diggs, they look at Davis, and you know I want that. I think it, obviously two game slate, you're going to be stacking up uh, more than one guy in there. So I do like going uh, Allen, Diggs, and Davis. I think the, the comeback's a little tough. Um, I think I'd probably do it with Hunter Henry. I just uh, I don't trust their receivers. I know Jacoby Myers has a lot of targets, but doesn't do a lot with them. They look at Henry kind of. He scored nine touchdowns. They look at him in the red zone. He was five for eighty six last week, most yards of the season. So you know, doing well. He's only forty five hundred. So I think he's a nice uh, nice comeback if you want to go with uh, with the Buffalo stack. And that's what I would do too. Diggs and Gabe Davis, uh, e- even if. You know, if Sanders plays, which I, I think he's going to, you know, that'll lessen the popularity of Davis with Sanders in there, uh, Beasley in there. Um, but I prefer uh, Davis as well. I think he has more touchdown upside than those other guys. 3,900, you know, all it takes is one long one uh, on one of these two-game slates. New England, though, yeah, that's that's sort of what was keeping me back, you know, just from, from stacking this game. There's just not a lot to like. Um, yeah. I will say – just, you know, I guess sort of from a – well, one, because nobody's going to play play him, and two, because he's the cheapest. Like, in, in larger field tournaments, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on, like, Nelson Aguilar, I guess. I mean, any of these guys, you know, they're going to have to keep a touchdown. Uh, and I don't know. He seems to be like – you know, Myers is the possession guy. Aguilar is sort of the deep threat. Born sometimes is too, I guess. Yeah. But – yeah, I don't know. You know, you don't have to, I guess you don't have to run it back with Patriots either. You can just stack the Bills side. I mean, it's only a two game slate. So uh, full stacking one of the games isn't like necessary. Yeah. And I mean, one of these new game receivers is probably the guy that is more involved, uh, you know, picking which one is going to be really important, but it's, uh, I'm not sure you can really analyze it and pick one. It's just going to be kind of the way it works out. But I think uh, I'd probably go Born or Aguilar for a little more touchdown upside, but uh, you can kind of argue for each of them. I but. like Henry though, too, actually, like you said, and then, you know, it doesn't mean you only have to play Henry, Henry at tight end. Like you can play double tight end because I agree with you. Uh, I want to play Waller even if I'm not stacking that game. So I think double tight end could make sense too. Yeah. Uh, So let's get into a few other players in this uh, this slate. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital, digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, Moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at back around. 
WinBet is currently available in seven states now. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Roto-Wire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Roto-Wire's fantasy podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Ryan, we've talked a bunch about uh, Burrow and uh, and uh, and Josh Allen. If you're going to play a different quarterback, you want to get a little different on the slate. Is it? Uh, is it? I, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, do you go to Derek Carr? Do you go to Mac Jones? Where are you going if you want to kind of get a little spicy here? Maybe play one of the road teams. Yeah. You know, I guess it's just the obvious answer, but I, I think it's Derek Carr. Um, you know, I. I just I can't roster Mac Jones based on what we've seen recently, based on based on the weather in that game, based on the matchup. I mean, the Bills' defense is tough. Um, I don't know. Of course, you can make an argument just because Mac will be by far the least popular quarterback, but it's a much better spot for Carr. Um, he's cheap. Uh, the Bengals defense uh, is okay, but it's nothing to it's nothing to fear. Uh, we mentioned that Ra- the Raiders have uh, some appealing pass catchers in Zay Jones and Waller, and you can make an argument for Renfro, although he hasn't been as good lately and yeah. might not uh, might not be as great with Waller back either. Um, but I would go with Carr, right? I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I agree there. I mean, Carr has not been great fantasy-wise lately. Uh, multiple touchdowns only one of his last eight games. But you can see this game, you know, the total's higher. You can see this game. If they get behind, I think they'll throw a bunch. Whereas if New England gets behind, I think they'll be stubborn for a while and, and keep trying to run the ball because that's what they do best. I mean, they want, it, they want Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson to run the ball. And I think that, you know, if down 10-0, they're not going to give up the run. But, but, you know, down 10-0, maybe the Raiders throw the ball a bunch. Waller back helps a lot um, with, with Carr. So I think that's the, that's the pretty straightforward answer for me. I don't think I'll play – uh, you know, if you want to be totally different, like you said, you can go with Mac Jones, but I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna get to enough lineups where I do that. I think I'm gonna have um, you know, Allen or Burrow in most of them, but maybe, maybe sprinkle in some car. He's fifty eight hundred, uh, Mac Jones is fifty three hundred. So it's really cheap. You can get everybody else that you want to, but I think in a, on a two game slate like this, you're gonna have to get a good game out of your quarterback. And I, I just don't I don't see that from Jones myself. Um we mentioned there are no expensive uh, running backs. Uh, there's no expensive receivers we talked about, but let's jump down to the mid range uh, in this slate. Um, you know, obviously we only have two games. It's tough. We talked about uh, Mixon 7,100. I guess we jumped down to Josh Jacobs 6,600. You mentioned the good game last week. Devin Singletary 5,800. Uh, the New England guys here. If you're looking to pair someone with Mixon, who's your favorite play to to do so? Um, either Jacobs or Singletary. You know, I'm I'm kind of leaning Singletary. Uh, one because Jacobs is going to be more popular. So maybe this is a spot to get a small amount of, of leverage, uh, at least, at least like a step in the right direction. Um, because I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the game script, uh, for Vegas. Okay. Uh, if they get behind, I don't see Jacobs, you know, getting 26 carries again. And then, you know, he had been involved, uh, in the passing game more, uh, in the second half of this season, but you know, with Waller back, I'm sort of worried about his involvement in the passing game too. So I just, I see some paths for Jacobs to fail. Um, not like single Terry can't, but, um, you know, he's clearly the first choice back now in Buffalo, um, getting a lot of carries catches too. I had five catches in the, in the meeting with new England in week 16. And if, you know, if, if, the longer passing game is going to be affected in that weather. You could see single care, single Terry uh, catching a few dump offs again. So I guess that's where my lean is right now. What about you? Mine is uh, mine's definitely single Terry. I just, I worry about game script with the Raiders. I also worry about the fact that, um, you know, since he hasn't allowed a hundred yard rusher since week nine, unless you, I don't count last week. I know, I know Dearness Johnson did, but like since that, he wasn't playing. They didn't have starters in. Um, so they've been really good against the run. Uh, they, they, they shut down uh, Jacobs the first game. He did have five targets, but he was nine for 37. I just think there's a lot of paths here where Jacobs doesn't really get a ton of touches. And, uh, you know, you don't want that in a two game slate. I love, I like Singletary a lot. He's been really good lately. Uh, a lot of touches. He's pretty much the guy in the backfield. He had 110 total yards in week 17, 112 total yards in week 18. When they hand it off, they're handing off a little more than they than they were, uh, you know, last year earlier in the year. He was quiet against New England in two games, but like you look at New England overall, they allowed four and a half yards per carry. They're a team you can run the ball against. Um, I think it lines up pretty well for Singletary to to be pretty involved here, pretty active. You mentioned the weather; I think that helps them a little bit also. Um, what do you do with the New England running backs? Do you? Uh, it looks like you know, they're both going to play. Uh, you worry a little bit about game script, although the spread's only four. But I think both of us think that Buffalo is going to win this game. Um, can you get into uh, Harris or Stevenson, or is this the split just too much for you? Yeah, so I don't want to, um, but I will say, you know, it makes sense. And like, I wouldn't argue with someone that wanted to roster Harris. I mean, the the Patriots' path to winning this game or staying in this game is like clearly on the ground. They're gonna, you know, if 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 they get an early lead, 
they score first, you know, that's big for the running game. That means they'll probably be able to run into yeah. the second half at least. I mean, uh, Harris went for over 100 in both games against the Bills. He had four touchdowns uh, in those two games. You know, I know we, I know that one was – you know, marred by severe weather, but uh, it was like a big talking point that the Bills could not stop the Patriots on the ground, even into the second game. So we know that's what they're going to try to do. I'm with you, though. I just don't want to do it. I think the Bills are going to win and and maybe handily. So uh, if I'm going to roster a Patriots running back, you know, it probably wouldn't be Stevenson either. It's kind of worrying to see him only get four uh, attempts last week. Um, Brandon Bolden, you know, might be might be the guy uh, if they're playing from behind, if that's sort of the script that I'm building my lineups behind, uh, he could catch some balls um, that might be forcing it a bit, but um, kind of just off the New England backs in general. Yeah. Um, with a two game slate, we've kind of hit all the receivers that I wanted to talk about, but like, obviously you've got to get, you got to play three receivers. You got to get some cheap guys in here. Um, what are you doing in terms of like the mid range and cheap? I'm going to put them together. Cause we talked, talked, we talked about Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers kind of in the mid range. Um, you know, Renfro is more expensive. He's 6,400 Myers is 5,000. We talked about the cheap guys. We talked about Tyler Boyd, Zay Jones, Gabriel Davis. Um, so what are you doing down here? You say you get one of the expensive receivers in. You got to get a couple more receivers. Uh, do you have huge preferences here? Um, I mentioned I tend to lean. I really like Gabriel Davis at the price. I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to be pretty popular too, obviously. The only two games, he's 3,900. He's six out pretty well. But um, what else are you doing here at a uh, receiver if you got to pick between this uh, group of like five or six guys? Um, yeah. Okay, so the first – in that Hunter Renfro range, uh, I think the only guy we didn't mention is T. Higgins. Yeah. Um, 6,200, just under Renfro. Uh, I definitely prefer Higgins to Renfro. You know, we, I do, we were I just, do too. We were just talking about that, you know, Waller being back is, is a downgrade to Renfro. Uh, and H- Higgins, you know, he, he was great in the second half of the year. He Put up a bunch of ceiling games too. He he led the Bengals in target share this season, and you know if if I'm not going to roster Chase, um, I, I probably want to have some Higgins. Um, but as with far that, as on, on Higgins, real quick with with Diggs, the same essentially the same price as Chase, and you look in Higgins and you look at since you're like I'll just take Higgins for sixteen dollars less than Chase. Do you think Chase kind of slides in is not that popular this week based on the fact that people just go Diggs, or if they want to take a Cincy bat a receiver, they just they just save the sixteen hundred. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, he will be, yeah, I think he'll be considerably less popular uh, than Higgins and less popular than Diggs. So, like, I do, that's I a, looking at it, looking at it that way, I kind of do too. Yeah, that, that's a good, you know, that's a good argument for for rostering Chase. Um, yeah. Obviously, he can still be the highest scorer on this slate, but yeah, that, that, that's a good point to bring up. Like Chase may end up being sort of the leverage option in that range uh as crazy as that sounds on a two-game slate um, and if you play if you play burrow or allen it's hard to get both and chase dig and digs in too so like there's a lot of ways if you want to play mixing there's a lot of ways that um it's hard to get both of them and i think that i think i think you're right i agree with you i think chase is the third uh rostered of those three guys yeah and you know you're right it is hard to get it's hard to get mixing chase digs you know the three most expensive skill players on the slate yeah. especially if you play waller um so it, you know it might be because it's hard to get all those guys um i might 
try to tinker around to see if I can come up with a lineup I like. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking I too. I don't think that'll be a popular combination. So you probably wouldn't have to do you know anything too crazy for leverage, except you know what cheap guys are you gonna play. So you pretty much, yeah. you pretty much have to play. You probably have to play Carr in that setup and and dump down at quarterback. But um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I didn't uh, answer your question about the cheap wide receivers, but I'm with you. I prefer Davis uh, on the Bills side, and then. You know, begrudgingly, Zay Jones, uh, I guess, just because uh, I like the Raiders side better than the Patriots. You know, we mentioned Jones has been getting a ton of targets. Uh, so I probably feel safest about Jones. Like he'll probably be the most popular in that range just because of the volume uh, he's been seeing. Uh, but I think it makes sense. Um, I guess like a leverage option. Uh, Brian Edwards doesn't seem, you know, like the worst option for 3,300. Yeah, like he's definitely taken a backseat. And now, now there's uh, more mouths to feed with Waller back, but no one's going to roster him. So, like, you know, you can take chances on those guys in the larger field tournaments. Yeah, the Zay Jones targets you mentioned—they're wild. Seven, nine, eight, ten, and eight—the last five weeks. Like, I don't know. I don't. That slipped through pretty good. Like, we we look at these games every week and talk about them a lot. And like. He hasn't. He had over fifty yards in three of the last four. He hasn't scored since week one, but like a ton of targets. Um, I actually like your. I like your Edwards play. You look at him. And he, granted, with with Waller back, there's a lot of targets away, but he played fifty six snaps last week. Like he was out there a ton. Also, he had five targets, four catches, sixty yards. And I think he's the guy that if they do hit a big play at some point in this game or late in the game and the second half they're throwing a lot. I think the Edwards is the guy that hits that play. Um, you know, Renfro and Zay Jones. Uh, you know, I don't really. Uh, I don't really think it'd be explosive, and I think that Edwards could be that guy. So. Um, if I wanted to be different in this game, I think Zay Jones would be way more popular. I think a lot of people are going to see those targets and be like, oh, 4,000, I'm going to take that in a two-game slate no matter what. Um, but I do think that uh, I like your call on Edwards there. I think that he's – if you want to get a little different, he's the guy that uh, that I would go with there. I think Tyler Boyd will be popular too at 4,600. I think a lot of people are going to take two of Boyd uh, Jones and, and Gabriel Davis and then go like one expensive guy, something like that if they, as, as they build. Um, you know, maybe. But if someone's going to go one of those, I think they go one of those three. I think Edwards uh, – I think Edward slides through. I think, you know, you could look at Cole Beasley, but hasn't done a lot lately, but 4,200, you know, you hope in a PPR setting, maybe they, maybe he gets a bunch of targets. He, you know, catches a bunch of short passes and, and slides it for a touchdown. So I could see arguing for him, but I, I think I'd go Davis and Jones before I went Beasley. Yep. I agree. And I, I glad you bring up Beasley because you can make an argument for rostering him. Like, yeah, it yeah. seems like, it seems like he's probably going to bust, but on the times when he has a good game, you know, he still has upside for eight, nine catches in these sort of colder yeah. playoff type atmosphere games. So it's, it's a, it's a worthy gamble for sure. Yeah. And he's a, you know, he, he sat, he didn't play in week 16, but 37 and 42 snaps. He had five targets last week. And you know, that's kind of all you need. If he scores a touchdown on a two game slate like that, you're going to want him in your lineup at the, at the price. So, uh, let's jump into tight end real quick. We've kind of, as we've, you know, two games kind of hit everybody already, but um, I love Darren Waller at 5,700. We've kind of mentioned that he played 78% of the snaps last week, had nine targets. He was seven for 116 the first two meetings between these two teams. Um, since he struggled against tight ends, good games here, but kind of all lines up. Uh, my only hope is that maybe everybody plays, uh, you know, expensive receivers. They play one of the expensive quarterbacks. They can't get to Waller. They're like, I'll just throw Uzoma or Hunter Henry. And it's my one hope that maybe he, uh, maybe slides through not too popular. Just face people, you know, they got to, they got to save money somewhere. Um, but like, he's only 600 more than Dawson Knox. And I would play Waller every single day over Knox. Yeah. All day. Um, Wall Waller's uh, probably a bit underpriced. Uh, this is, 
one I just don't really want to overthink. Uh, as far as like as far as Dawson Knox, New England is great against tight ends. At least they were this season. I think they were number one in in fantasy points allowed to tight ends uh, in five career games against the Patriots. Knox has never caught more than three passes. Um, so yeah, it's just not a great spot. Um, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Darren Waller. Or, I mentioned Uzoma if I'm if I'm going to stack Burrow, but I also don't mind playing two tight ends. Yeah, the only argument for Dawson Knox is that everybody's going to think the same thing and not play him. They're going to go cheap or they're going to go Waller. So you, you got to figure he's the he's the least rostered of the four by by a good amount. Um, you know, Uzoma did have 13 targets the last two weeks, but has not has only topped 40 yards once since week eight. He had that one big game on Monday Night Football against Baltimore, and like everybody's like, "Oh, CJ Uzoma and hasn't done anything since." But the Raiders did allow 10 tight ends to 10. 10 touchdowns to tight end. So if you have to punt, uh, you know, at 3,500, he's, he's not, uh, he, he's a guy that could, uh, could score a touchdown for you and be fine. I just think that uh, I think Waller sticks out in this tight end group pretty, pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Got to play it. Got to play a defense uh, on these, on these slates. Also, um, I think there's three playable defenses. I would not, uh, I'm not touching new England. Uh, I get it. They're a very good defense, but I don't want to go against uh, the Buffalo offense. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, you got to play one defense. What are you doing this weekend? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not really going to touch New England either. Um, I'm probably not going to roster the Raiders either, but there's definitely good argument uh, for the Raiders. We've seen Burrow throw interceptions throughout the year, and he's also been sacked a ton. They have uh, a leaky offensive line. The Raiders have a decent pass rush. So, I mean, the sack upside's there. Yeah, I think I think the Raiders make a lot of sense. I'm just gonna uh, use these two home favorites, uh, the Bills uh, and the Bengals. I'm not sure I have a preference though. Um, who, who do you like the most? Um, I like Buffalo and I like the Raiders actually. So I'm a little. I'm not gonna play the Cincinnati defense. I just don't think the sack upside is really there. Um, I actually really like. If I need to save some money, 2,500 for the Raiders. You look at Cincinnati sacks allowed. You mentioned they've been the most sacked team. You look at the sacks out just the last six weeks. Four, four, three, three, five, and six. Like that's not a, a sack or two here. That's like a lot of sacks they've been given up. The Raiders have six sacks the last three weeks. I think the Raiders are going to try and get after Burrow. I mean, the key for me in this whole game is that the Raiders don't blitz a lot. If they can get home with four, I think they stick in this game. I think that the, if they can't get home with four, they got to start blitzing. Burrow just destroys the blitz. He's a be- one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best, against the blitz. So the Raiders can somehow put pressure on with only, without blitzing. I think that's the key to this whole game, and I think they are going to be able to. I think that's, that's how the game is going to stay a little bit close. But I think when you give me some sack, uh, some like a sack floor, uh, I like that 2,500. I mean, the Bills lines up really well, too. The Bills have 14 sacks the last two weeks. They're 3,200. Um, New England turned over three times last week. You have a playoff game, home game, favorite against a rookie quarterback. Like, all lines up formula-wise for Buffalo. Buffalo will be easily the most popular defense. Um, but in some lineups, I'm definitely going to play the Raiders as my second choice. Yeah, okay. You make some very compelling points. Uh, Everyone's still up there. I might have to rethink uh, my interest in the Raiders. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially considering they're the cheapest. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the the Sunday slate. But first, a note from our sponsors at HOFR. This episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by HOFR, daily fantasy sports redefined. No confusing salary caps, no annoying player drafts, just simple, multiple-choice questions on the stats you know and the players you love. That's right. The majority of HOFR contests focus on single sporting events and only feature questions about popular players and recognizable stats, allowing users to make their picks confidently and quickly. Plus, you never play against the house or versus those fantasy sharks. The playing field is level for even the most amateur user to find him or herself landing in the money. Unlike those other apps where an incorrect answer can end your night, on HOFR, 
incorrect answers never eliminate you from the competition. I played the other night, and questions were as simple as, how many touchdowns will Joe Burrow throw? And which player will have the most rushing yards? So make your NFL Sunday picks with confidence and ease on HOFR. Do not wait another second. Download HFR, HOFR, that's H-O-F-R, just spelled out, from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. HOFR is everything the fancy sports world has been waiting for. So, Ryan, we're getting to the Sunday slate, but I want to do a quick uh, quick segment here uh, really quickly. Uh, let's talk about sneaky stacks. We've got uh, we've got four quarterbacks this weekend between the two stacks that are over 7,000. Uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, who we talked about, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes uh, were coming up on Sunday. Um, so I wanted to do uh, what's your favorite stack with a quarterback under 7,000. So you're trying to get a little bit different. You don't play one of the four guys. Uh, I'm going to start with you. There's a, there's a couple, and we're talking about some guys on the Sunday slate who are coming up, but uh, you know that's okay too. But what's that? What's your favorite sneak stack? You got a quarterback under seven thousand. What are you doing this weekend? Okay, so initially, uh, when I first looked at the slate a couple days ago, um, the sneaky stack that I wanted to go with was Philadelphia uh, with Hertz at sixty one hundred and Goddard way down at forty four hundred. However, uh, all right. um, I've had a little bit of a change of thought. Um, the total in that game has dropped three and a half points. Uh, start opened at 49 and a half, went down to 46. I guess there's, you know, supposed to be some crazy weather winds up to 30 miles an hour and um, maybe a lot of rain too. You know, I'm not sure check closer to game time, but that's like a big movement in the total either that or, um, you know, I've seen some people saying that Vegas just knows that Philly is going to try to slow this game down to a halt yep. and uh, sort of run uh, as few of plays as possible. So now I'm kind of off that as a sneaky stack, and I've moved on to your hometown quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, nice. I, haven't I like it. I haven't rostered Garoppolo all season, but this could be the spot. You know, this matchup with the Cowboys has the highest total. Um, Jimmy G has actually been better, you know, lately than you might think, or better than his numbers even indicate. Uh, thrown for over 300 in, in back-to-back games. You know, we saw him lead the comeback last week. Um, his numbers could be much better if he, if you know, he ever threw for more than one touchdown. Um, but I think this is a good spot against Dallas. They're likely to be trailing again, going to have to throw the ball. And the fact that he's 5,300, um, it allows you to roster, uh, you know, an, an another expensive guy that you wouldn't yep. be able to uh, if you, you know, use Mahomes or Brady at quarterback. And there's a lot worth spending up for on this slate. Like, first, I don't mind uh, pairing Garoppolo with Debo Samuel, who's uh, the most expensive um, and I think it's a pretty good spot for him. You know, people talk about the Dallas defense, but they've, uh, they've given up some big games to receivers this year and they actually, you know, haven't been that great, uh, when it comes to yards allowed, for instance, uh, Trevon Diggs, you know, he, I think he leads the league in interceptions, but he also leads the league in yards allowed. Uh, so I think, you know, it's a good script for, for Debo to rack up catches in the second half, uh, assuming they're playing from behind. Uh, you could also pair him with Kittle. Uh, you could also pair him with Ayuk uh, if you want a discount. And even like Juwan Jennings, who's seen like an uptick in targets recently, caught two touchdowns last week. And if you, and if you roster Jimmy with some of those guys, you can run it back with Cowboys, uh, who are all cheap. 
Uh, Amari Cooper has been sort of Dak's favorite over these last few games. CeeDee Lamb uh, is the cheapest he's been. Um, yeah, so I just – I think the other games are sort of unappealing now that there's that weather in Tampa. Um, and I think you can get different by rostering Jimmy and still getting exposure to the game with the highest total. Pretty wild that the the, the the game is supposed to have the most weather is the one that's in Florida of all the teams that are playing here. It's it's, it's pretty wild that's the case. Um, you kind of took mine that, you know, of the five road quarterbacks, it's it's tough to really, like, find one you love. And we talked about uh, we talked about Mac Jones already. We talked about Derek Carr. I mean, I, I don't want to play Roethlisberger at all. Like, their, their offense is gross right now. And that's, uh, you know, I really wish the Chargers had gotten in instead of Pittsburgh just from a fantasy perspective. Like, to talk about Herbert instead of Roethlisberger would have been really been fun. I don't want to play Jalen Hurts. I do not like this setup for Hurts, whether it's weather. Um, I just don't like the way their passing game has worked. And I know that he has a rushing floor. I know that he had two touchdowns in the first game against Tampa. But – he was also 12 and 26 for 115. Like, I just don't want that my one quarterback. So um, I like I like Jimmy G, too. I think that, you know, if they do get behind, they'll throw the ball a ton. You know, he'll make some mistakes. But in fantasy, like, I don't even really care about that as much. Um, if I were to do it, I think I'd probably go different. I would go Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Ayuk, and Kittle and leave Debo off to get a little bit differently is probably the way I would go save some money and then run back with the Cowboys. But I think I, I, I'll never argue as Debo. He's probably my favorite player in the league right now. Um, the dude is just awesome. But like you can hope that he doesn't score the rushing touch. He doesn't throw the touchdown. And maybe you get uh, you get more from the passing game from Ayuk and Kittle. But uh, if I had to go with one here, I'd go I'd go with Dallas since you took San uh, Francisco. Uh, I just think that Dak Prescott is weirdly underpriced. Like he's been really good the last couple of weeks. Um, the Niners, uh, you know, you're not going to run against the Niners. Uh, you know, that's something weird happens. I don't think that uh, I don't th- think that Zeke's going to do a ton against the Niners. They've they, they, they played the run really, really well lately. Um, so probably Prescott for me, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions the last three weeks. Uh, he's better against his zone coverage. The 49ers play a lot of zone coverage, so that works in his favor too. Um, the Niners are second in run uh, defense DVOA. They're 16th in passing. It's very clear that if you're going to beat them on defense, this is the way to go. They are a little bit healthier in the secondary. Emmanuel Mosley back at cornerback is huge. They don't have to play Josh Norman. They don't have to play some of those rookies. Uh, Ambry Thomas, uh, who is a rookie, but isn't playing better lately. So at least like they're not great at cornerback, but they're a little bit better. But uh, I just think this is the way to attack the 49ers. Dak is easy to stack. You can go Lamb or Cooper. You can go Lamb and Cooper. You can throw Dalton Schultz in there, who's been really good lately. Uh, tight end is stacked on the slate, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, I just think I think it's easy. I think it's uh, you know not very. I'm not really breaking a lot of ground here, but I think that that Dak works well here. And there's so many 49ers weapons you can come back with. You can come back with Kittle, Ayuk, or Debo, or even Eli Mitchell. If you think maybe there's a game where the Niners get a lead, they run the ball a bunch uh, with Mitchell, then that that works really well for Dak too. I think there's. The nice thing about Dak this week, I don't think game script matters that much. I think they're going to throw the ball no matter what because they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. So, you know, if they're up, you know, 17 to 10, 17 to 7, I think they still throw the ball where some of these teams might, uh, you know, shut it down a little bit, really try and establish a run, run clock. I think the Dallas uh, probably it goes into attack mode and throws the ball pretty much the whole game. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I love the Dallas stack. I agree. They're all underpriced. Uh, you can yeah. stack Dallas with whoever you want. And uh, San Fran has multiple players you can run it back with. Yeah, and it's kind of cheating because you know Dak's going to be not going to be unpopular, but under seven thousand, I just think he he's definitely underpriced. So let's jump into this Sunday slate. It's an interesting, interesting slate. Um, crazy good tight end slate. We've got we got all kinds of guys. You have you have Kittle, you have Kelsey, and you have Gronk. Like it's just there's I think there's a lot of ways that you could play two tight ends and it works this week. I think a lot of people are going to do that. Um, you know, and even with those guys, you've got Dalton Schultz, you have Dallas Goddard. You mentioned like that's he jumped off the page at 4,400. Uh, you got Friar Muth at 4,200. Like all six of these tight ends 
are playable. Like I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Fryermuthah is probably the, the least of the six by far, but like they're all playable. He's cheap. They're all usable. And the most expensive running back on the whole slate is 6,600. Like there is, you can't pay up a running back if you wanted to. And that's a, and the 1600 guy is a guy that is in the biggest, uh, biggest uh, underdog in a wild card game in NFL history. Like I'm not just talking about, oh, they're kind of big underdogs. Like Pittsburgh's the biggest wild card underdog we've seen a 12 and a half point underdogs. And there've been eight games in the, in the wild card round. So in, since 2002, where there's a double-digit spread, six of those teams, uh, the favorites covered. It was blowouts. One of them, uh, the favorite one, not covered. And then the the eighth was that famous uh, Beast Quake game where uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch and Seattle beat New Orleans. So, like, teams that are this bigger in the, in the, in the wildcard rounds usually roll, usually dominate, and that's scary with Najee Harris. He's the most expensive one. So um, it's a very interesting slate. There's a lot of fun players, a lot of weapons. Uh, we have three games to the two. Um, so this is a slate that I think is a lot more fun than the Saturday slate. But at quarterback, we talked about Dak. We talked about Jimmy. Um, we, we didn't talk about uh, Mahomes or Brady yet because they were kind of over the price special for that little segment. But um, do you think Mahomes is the most popular? Is kind of the way that I, I go uh, among these quarterbacks. Yeah, um, I think Mahomes will be popular. I think Dak uh, will be popular as well. Uh, I agree. This slate. Do you think you Brady? Do you think Brady's clearly third most popular of the group? Then, um, I kind of, I kind of do. So I just, uh, it's yeah. Uh, so the, the, I, the you know losing the receivers is big, but I mean he's still Brady. Led the league in touchdowns, yards, completions, and attempts. Like it's, which is crazy at forty five, whatever he is. But uh, with Mahomes and Dak here, like it, someone's got to be third. And I think it's probably Brady. Yeah, I, I think it's probably Brady too. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll. He could even be fourth or you could even, yeah, he could even be lower than that. If people are, if people are off of that game, uh, the way I kind of am, yeah. uh, yeah, I think this, this slate is a lot less straightforward, uh, than the other one. Yeah, um, I agree. Quarterback. Yeah. I, for me, it's Mahomes, Dak and Jimmy G, uh, if I'm going cheap, uh, I don't know. It seems pretty straightforward, I guess. Quarter quarterback. Uh, I guess you agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Just, I don't. I don't really know. I'm not playing Hertz, but I think that you know, if you look at projections and like value based on price, like he comes up at the top of the list on some spots, and um, you know, the rushing floor is there. I just, I just think the passing is so rough right now, and like they have, they have four running backs now, so it's not like he maybe, maybe they, it's impossible to play their running backs. They, they, they split between the four, but. Um, you know, maybe uh, they just kind of hand the ball off a lot and maybe he doesn't run as much. I just, I can't get there. I see the path, but I just, with weather, with Tampa's defense, I just don't think I can get to Hurts. I, I don't know how popular he's going to be. I, I see projections and he's definitely sticks out as a value, but uh, I'm just not getting there. I don't know if people can play him or not. I, I'm not sure what his percentage is going to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really either. And and I was, I, you know, like I mentioned, I wanted to play him, I guess, more than you did. I just... Yeah, I'm not excited about the passing, but I thought he was going to run more in this spot, especially with Tampa just being so good at stopping the run. I think I yeah. think they'll sort of have to pass, and it will lead you know Hurts to scramble more, sort of take more chances with his legs uh, in a playoff game. But yeah, um, the way that total dropped, and you know, supposed to be bad weather. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of off hurts too. Um, yeah. I, but you're right. You're right. I do think he, I shouldn't have just, you know, not said he's going to be popular. People look at a $6,100 running quarterback yeah. and they're still going to want to play him. So you're right. Um, I guess for me, that it's Mahomes, Dak, and and Jimmy. 
Okay. Um, let's see. Look at running back. Running back, like I said, there's no expensive guys. I think it's going to get spread out here. Um, you look in the mid-range, I think it's probably where people are going to like, oh, I mean, that's an easy click. You have Leonard Fournette's 5,600. He's going to should be back from his injury. Um, he was really – he's kind of rolling before he got hurt. He had 100 yards in two or three games. He's clearly the guy they prefer there. You got playoff Lenny. Obviously, he steps up in the playoffs. We know that. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is 5,700 at Dallas. Crazy. Like, they were trailing in that game of the Rams the entire game last week. They were down 17-0 early. Um, he still ran the ball 21 times. Like they are so stubborn. They run the ball. Well, they want him to get carries. He looked good again. He's clearly their offense is way different when he's in there. I don't know what happened, how he fell in the sixth round, but like he's way better than Jeff Wilson. He's way better than Jermichael Hasty. He's way better than Trey Sermon. Like the split is not a concern at all there. He has 21 plus carries his last five games. Um, unless they're getting blown out, he's going to get a ton of touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fournette is playoff Lenny is definitely underpriced. Um, yeah. you know, he was up, yeah, in the 7,000s before that injury 7,600, 7,400, 7,300. I mean, he's way down to 5,600. So uh, he's going to be the most popular player probably overall on the slate. Um, I don't really have a problem eating that chalk. I think 5,600 is just too cheap uh, for him when he's going to be catching passes. Uh, and then I think, yeah, my second favorite back would be Elijah Mitchell. I, I agree with you. Uh, he's much better than all the Niners running backs. They love feeding him. Uh, I think, you know, reasonable path for San Francisco to stay in this game or control this game. If they get a lead is just to, to run Mitchell a lot. Um, so yeah, it's good salary too. Uh, so Fournette and Mitchell, I think are the top two for me. Um, yeah, and Dallas, Dallas, you can run against their 18th in yards per carry. Um, the only concern with Mitchell, and I mean, Debo's going to steal some looks. He's going to score some touchdowns. They, he get, he steals some red zone looks in the run game. But, um, you know, you just every time he's healthy, and it, it, he hasn't been he's been hurt a bunch, but every time he's been healthy, um, he, get, he gets uh, he gets 20 plus touches, 20 plus carries, too. Like, it's just, it's a great, the, the floor is really nice with Mitchell, even if he's not super effective. Like, he's going to, if he goes 20 for 80, like, that's a nice floor already before you talk about touchdowns. Um, so we're talking about running backs. Let's stick with running backs and kind of kind of walk through those. Um, the other guy in this range with Mitchell and Fournette that I think uh, takes some raw ship is, is Darrell Williams. It might depend on um, if uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire plays or not. He's still questionable. But if, if, if CEH doesn't play, he averages uh, – Williams averages 18-plus targets in those non-games. Obviously, Williams is a little banged up too uh, in the last game, so we, we have to see if he's going to play. But uh, nice game script for someone in this Kansas City run game to do something. They're 12.5-point favorites. I don't think the Pittsburgh can hang with them. Um, the Steelers were last in the NFL at 4.79 4.97 yards per carry. Someone in this Kansas City backfield is going to be effective running the ball. Someone in this Kansas City backfield is going to score some touchdowns in the second half. Someone's going to take advantage of this bad rush D. Is it is it for you? Is it Williams? Do you want to see who's healthy? Like, what do you do in this backfield? Because I think you have to figure it out because they're they're all playable if uh, if it uh, if they're on the field. Yeah, I, I think you have to figure it out too. Uh, I want to roster Williams, but sort of only if Edwards Hilaire is out. I guess you know I, it feels like we've seen Edwards Hilaire come in questionable a number of times, and yep. every time he does, he seems to just jump right back into the lead role. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if, if both of them are active. I don't have as much interest in Williams. Um, I don't know. It seems like we might not know that news. So you, you might want to plan uh, for a little bit of extra salary. Like if Edwards Hilaire, if they were both active, wouldn't you rather roster Edwards Hilaire? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe, uh, maybe I've, 
we think differently. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I kind of like Williams because he's the guy they like to use in the red zone. But yeah, if they both play, I might just kind of avoid it and figure. But you got to It's so hard because they're the one they're the team with the big favorite. Um, Edward Zelaire was actually downgraded to a limited participant in uh, in practice yesterday. He didn't. He missed uh, Thursday's practice, so I think he's kind of trending the way that maybe he's not going to play. I'm just looking at that news now. Um, so I think uh, I think he's kind of trending in that direction, and that makes it a little bit easier. I think that Williams. Um, I could see some. It's tough because there's so many options on this slate. Like we talked about, maybe you want to play two tight ends, but like you could go you could go Williams, uh, Mitchell, and uh, and Fournette pretty easily too, and play three running backs all in the five thousands. Really kind of get whatever else you want in the passing game. There's a lot of different ways to go in the slate. You mentioned um, not quite as straightforward as the other slate. There's, there's a lot more pass in this slate than there's on the Saturday one. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't mean to sell Williams short. If Edwards Hilaire is out, um, yeah, I'll have a ton of interest in Williams. Uh, you know, it would probably even be a priority. That's, that's a cheap price tag if he's going to be the lead, the lead back. And yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it would make me want to roster three running backs, uh, yep. which is tough, you know, because we want to play a couple tight ends. So yeah, there's a lot of options. So what do you, what does one do with the most expensive running back in the slate? Najee Harris is 6,600. He led the NFL in touches. He led the NFL in snaps among running backs. Um, but they are 12 and a half point underdogs. They, he does catch pass out of the backfield. So you do have that as a fallback in the second half if they are behind. Ben doesn't throw them all more than three yards. We've Everybody's covered that. He could get a lot of that. Um, he had a huge week 17. He was quiet week 18, but he dealt with an elbow injury, kind of went out. And then when they needed it, he came back in. He had 55 total yards. Um, the Chiefs, that if you want to get the Chiefs there, they were 30th in yards per carry at 4.6. I have no idea what to do with Najee at this price tag. Like it, a lot of the matchup and stuff and game script works out. But if they're down, maybe they don't. It's just, it's hard to figure out. He's the most expensive guy. But uh, what what are you doing with Najee Harris with all these other running backs we've kind of talked about we already like? Okay, so... Harris is projecting pretty well, uh, and it's because he's 6,600. It's the first time in 12 weeks that he's been under 7K. Um, So he's, you know, he's supposed to be popular, and, you know, he projects pretty well for that salary. However, I don't want to roster a running back for a a 13-point underdog or or whatever they are. Um, Especially, like, there's a lot to – you know, there's there's a lot of nice spend up options at receiver and at tight end, especially. And running back just seems like the spot where I want to save some money. I mean, I don't give the Steelers much of a chance uh, in this game. Uh, Harris is going to have to get there catching the ball. Sure, he can, but I don't know. I'm sort of sort of just don't want to roster the running back on a huge underdog. Uh, how, how do you feel? Yeah, if this were on the other slate and we didn't have as many options, I'd be like, yeah, I think I can kind of get there. Maybe he catches, you know, four or five balls in the second half. But with Williams, with Mitchell, with Fournette, I just think there's so many ways where I can save a thousand bucks and get in a running back. That I think it's a better situation. That I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think I'm gonna end up with a lot of Harris. It'd be I really want to see his uh, his rush percentage because like I looked at projections also, like you mentioned, and he comes out as like the second best value after Fournette. So it's like it, it does it does make sense if he catches passes, it works. But I just I like the other guys more. Um, the two running games we haven't talked about, Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, the 49ers are tough to run against. Zeke has uh, you know, kind of looked slower than normal all year. He did have 87 yards last week, but they were try- trying to get him to 1,000. They really were trying to trying to feed him. He had 18 carries. The Niners are allowed 3.6 yards per carry. They they shut down uh, the Rams running backs pretty effectively last week. Um, Tony Pollard's going to be back. He's 5,300. Zeke is 61. 
all the Eagles guys are kind of in the 4,000. Miles Sanders is most of it at 5,000. Like they just split up so much. It's hard to figure that out. Are you touching either of these backfields in, in your lineups? Um, so I definitely not one that likes to roster Zeke, uh, and especially, you know, in this matchup, like you mentioned, the Niners are, are pretty good against the run. Um, but you know, here's another, it's another soft price. There's sort of soft pricing in multiple spots on this slate. I mean, Zeke was over 7,000, you know, almost all year. He was up to 8,000 all the way down to 6,100 now. So, I mean, I think he's a similar option to, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, Zeke catches some passes, so so I get it. Um, I guess the the cheap price tag is is keeping me somewhat interested in Zeke, um, but I can see Tony Pollard too. Um, but I'm not like overly excited about any of them. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'd play Pollard before I played Zeke in this matchup. Why you just think pass catching upside or pass catching upside break a big play? I think it's kind of what you need here. I just think that uh, if they run Zeke into the middle a bunch of times, I just don't think it works. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just, I guess, I think for 6,500, I've seen enough times where you know, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper each get a pass interference in the end zone, and Zeke has yeah. a couple yard touchdowns. The Niners, uh, the Niners are good at committing pass interference too, so that uh, that does make sense. Just something like that. Yeah, I'm not uh, not really betting on Zeke's breakaway rushing ability. Yeah. Uh, what about the any any Eagles backs you're thinking about playing? Or just kind of avoiding that situation. Well, the price the prices are nice. Um, yeah. The matchup's horrible. Uh, you know, we know. I think the Saints ended up passing the Bucks for the best run defense, but the Bucks still have an elite run defense, second in the league. Uh, no, it doesn't seem like a great spot. I mean, I guess if I was going to take a chance on one, I, I guess it'd be Miles Sanders. Uh, he's cheap again, and, you know, it seems like he's their number one guy when he's healthy. At least he was uh, in the last few games of the season. He actually looked pretty good and had some decent games, but I don't really want to take a chance on them. No, like I think running back is where – running back is where – not really going to overthink it. Fournette is just such great value. Uh, and then, you know, Mitchell and a Kansas city guy just seem pretty logical to me. Yeah, me too. I just don't think I'll get there. I think guessing on them. I mean, it's a, it's a short slate. So if you guess right, you're kind of ahead of the game, but like, I just, it's fine. find it hard to guess on him. I assume one of those four guys is going to be inactive. They're not going to carry four running backs on the active roster. So maybe check that out. Maybe it kind of limits the, uh, the running tree a little bit, but yeah, it's tough for me, but let's talk about those pass catchers, the receivers and tight ends. But first note from our sponsors at skybox sports, skybox sports network is your hardcore source for odds and sports tickers. Skybox sports has been creating an entertaining and relevant product for restaurants, sports bars, casinos, racing, sports books, arenas, and stadiums for years. Now you can bring a little bit of Vegas into your fan cave. Skybox's low-cost and state-of-the-art Wi-Fi platform is a simple and affordable plug, play, and activate option. Skybox Sports Tickers brings you live odds, propositions, fantasy sports, hires, fires, trades, breaking news, and recaps with index coverage for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, NASCAR, UFC, specialty events, and more. Visit skyboxsportsnetwork.com and use promo code ROTOWIRE5 for a 5% discount on your Skybox Sports order. So Ryan, let's talk a little bit real quickly about uh, the the running backs or the receivers and tight ends. The guys catching the pass. We've hit about a lot of them as we've talked about stacks. 
We've talked about uh, we talked about Debo. He's the uh, he's the expensive guy, seven hundred. But what about the mid range? Uh, we have not talked about uh, either Mike Evans or Deontay Johnson. Uh, Evans is home against Philly. Deontay Johnson's obviously at KC is a big underdog. Evans is seven thousand. Deontay is sixty seven hundred. Kind of these two second tier ish uh, receivers. Uh, do you have a preference between the two? Are you are you looking at one of them? How do you feel about these uh, these two guys? Yeah, um, I think okay, so. I want. I would want to like Evans, uh, you know, with Godwin out and AB, you know, not with the team anymore. You'd yeah. think that would be a big bump for Evans. Uh, however, um, he's probably going to see shadow coverage from from Darius Slay, you know, yeah. one of the top corners. Um, also, the weather in that game, you know, remember check before kickoff, but at least yeah. now it's showing. Uh, gust up to 30 miles an hour and, you know, sustained wind 10 to 15, maybe some rain too. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of off Evans. Uh, the, the more I look into it, um, I think it's just probably a better spot for Johnson. Uh, if the Steelers are going to be trailing all game, you figure he's, you know, pretty sure to see double digit targets. Um, but it's interesting. I'll throw it back to you about Tyreek Hill because, you know, He's basically in that same price range. Uh, yep. Tyreek is another one where he's been 8,500, 8,300, 8,400 all year. Now he's $1,000 less than that. And, uh, you know, it's a big question mark after uh, what he did to us against Denver, hurting his heel in warm up. Um, but 7,300, you know, it's very, it's enticing. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that top range? It's been a weird Tyreek Hill season. Um, every time I'm like, oh, here's the Tyreek Hill week. It just doesn't happen. He's got like a lot of short passes. The teams have been playing Kansas City different, but man, at 7,300, I don't know how you don't find a way to do it. I think that uh, I prefer him over Debo and Evans this week, uh, kind of right there with Johnson. I think I prefer him too, but like the heel thing's a little concerning. Like last week is weird. Like he was fine, and all of a sudden he hurt his heel in, in warmups, and it wasn't really reported. And all of a sudden, you know, I see kickoff and he's kind of not out there for the first drive or playing a couple times. He comes in, he's like limping off the field. He went in motion once and he was like limping across the lines. Like, what are we doing here? He had three targets, one catch for two yards. Like brutal. But the week before he had 10 targets and he was only six for 40. But then you look four weeks back and he was 12 for 148. Like I just, he's a boomer bust guy. And the, the bust is real here. Like I just, I, we're always like, oh, as long as Tyreek gets targets, he'll, he'll rack something up. But um, the bus is real, but man, 7,300, I, I find a hard time not doing it. I think you mentioned the weather with Evans. Um, it's hard. I love Debo Samuel, but like if I get Tyreek Hill cheaper in a playoff game, it's been a weird year of many floor games for Tyreek, but man, I think uh, I, as long as I, I want to read some reports, make sure he act, the heel is actually fine, but at 7,300, I think that I've got to just do it. I, I mean, I think I do too. It's just, it's, you know, we know what, Tyreek's ceiling is so it's just it's hard to yeah. not take a chance on that for 7300 um yes obviously there are risks and the bust potential is very real like you said um but yeah I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna uh I'm probably gonna gamble on him again if you uh, if you had to pick between the two Cowboys guys, uh, Lamb sixty three hundred, Cooper's fifty nine hundred. Um, I'm kind of like you know pick who you want and go. I I'd probably go see Lamb. I think he's a little more upset. I don't think the Niners are gonna be able to cover him. But you know Cooper's been ever since he kind of complained about his lack of targets. The last three weeks have been really good. He was eleven seven and seven. Hasn't tapped hundred yards since week eight, but like very involved. Um, I lean Lamb, but like I wouldn't I wouldn't argue hard if you want to play Cooper instead. 
Yeah, for me, that's like the toughest question on the slate. Uh, I was going to ask you the same thing. I know both of us are sort of CD Lamb guys. That's who we've been going with this season. Um, <laughs> that hasn't worked but, well lately. <laughs> no, lately, you know, the targets would say go with Cooper. Um, at least seven targets for Cooper in four of the last five. And, you know, CD is seeing two, four, five. Now, yep. you know, I don't know. I don't think he played uh, the whole game against Philly last week, but, but still. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. That's the toughest question for me. I do like that CD's salaries came way down though. You know, he'd yep. been in over 7,000 for five straight weeks and you know, he's got the sort of big play upside. Uh, Dak likes to look for him in the end zone. So I have trouble not going with CD, especially now that he, uh, he can, comes at a discount now, I guess. But, you know, based on the recent numbers, uh, Cooper may, might be the better play. I don't know. I, I don't have any much more insight than that. Yeah, mine's really a feel. I just think that, uh, I, you know, watching this Niners defense all year, I don't think they can cover CeeDee Lamb. I think either Dallas is going to know that. I think Dallas is going to try and hit some deep shots to Lamb too. And I just – I think I think Lamb's the play. But like like you said, like Cooper's been the targeted guy lately. Um, so I wouldn't argue it hard. But I, if I had to pick one, uh, I'm going Lamb. Uh, on the cheaper side of receiver, we talked about Brandon Ayuk. He's 5,200. Really good the last, uh, last couple of weeks, 94 and 107 yards. Six targets a game in the second half. He's clearly out of the Shanahan doghouse. Um, they move Debo around, but like Ayuk is always there for those uh, those quick slants. He can take a little deep shot. They don't do it a lot, but if they do, uh, I assume it'll be uh, probably with Ayuk. But uh, he's fifty two hundred. I think very playable there. What about other cheap receivers? We have uh, we have Chase Claypool down here forty seven hundred, like cheaper than he's been all year. Uh, we've got a couple of the Tampa guys down here. You know, if, if Mike Evans is the one, you know, who's the two? Is it Perryman? Is it Tyler Johnson? Is it Scotty Miller? Uh, you got the Kansas City two guys down here too. You got Pringle. You got Demarcus Robinson. You got uh, McCole Hardman. What the heck are you doing in this range with cheap receivers? Because there are a lot more options than than the Saturday slate, but they're not quite as like they don't stick out as much as the, like Gabe Davis and Zay Jones did. What do you do with the cheap guys this week here on Sunday? Yeah, it's tough. Like a lot of similar options, um, but a lot of guys that are a lot of guys that are playable. I, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, as far as Tampa Bay. I think Tyler Johnson is going to be the slot guy. Um, seven targets last week, six the week before. He was on the field a ton. They were they were using him in that role. Um, so he's probably the the Tampa receiver I would feel safest about. Um, I don't know if I necessarily love that that game uh, as we've talked about. So. I don't know that I'm going to go there, but if I did roster a Tampa Bay receiver, it'd probably be him. Claypool. Yeah. Claypool is interesting. And McLeod also uh, for 3,600, either Pittsburgh guy. I've seen a few different people um, touting Chase Claypool's receiving yards over uh, prop. It's in the forties. Uh, yeah. Last I checked um, he's been, you know, seeing some targets more involved after, I don't know. He wasn't great for most of the season and now his salary's down and Pittsburgh's going to be throwing all game. So I think that makes sense. McLeod's been seeing a ton of targets, nine, 10, eight, eight. I mean, a ton of targets um, for 3,600. That seems fine. Again, Ben's going to be throwing all game. It's probably his last game ever. They're going to be losing in the second half. Some of these cheap Pittsburgh receivers are going to, you know, 
get some garbage catches. Just just they'll have plenty of time to to get there. I guess there are plenty of opportunities. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Pittsburgh receivers. KC, KC is tough. You know, if if anything's wrong with Tyreek, we saw last week. Uh, you know, Hardman or Pringle would be the top play on the slate, but. Uh, that's a gamble. I don't know. I, I, I lean Pringle, you know, but Hardman was the guy last week. What, what do you think in this cheap range? Like, like you said, it's not obvious. I mean, there's a lot of guys you can make an argument for. I think, I think if you pick right here is where uh, this slate is going to be won. I think the top half of the slate, like a lot of great players. We love the mid-range running backs. I think picking the right one or two receivers down here is going to go a long way towards winning. Um, I like Claypool from a game description back to 4,700 for a talented guy, but like you look at, it's just not there. Like he hasn't topped 41 yards last week, even with all these targets, as you mentioned, um, he had seven targets. I like, did score last week, first touchdowns week five, but like they're going to be throwing the ball the whole second half. Like they're going to be trailing. And it's, a, I just don't think they use Claypool, right? Ben can't throw the ball deep and that's how you want to use Claypool. Just not there, but a ton of targets. Um, I prefer, I like Tyler Johnson of the, of the Tampa guys played 101 snaps last two weeks. So I agree with you there um, on Casey. You know, it's hard to time that second receiver. There's there's Kelsey there, which is obviously uh, sucks up a lot of targets too. But I think I'd go Pringle. Play, I had eight targets last week, played, uh, played 55 snaps. I want the guy that's on the field the most. But when it comes to those guys, it's probably who catches that touchdown. It's who, you know, if you look up and if it's Pringle or Hardman or, or, or DeMarcus Robinson, you never know until they like come up and you see the number. Like they all kind of run the same routes and you can't really figure them out. But uh, I'd probably go Pringle. Um, the one guy I'm not going to take is Juwan Jennings in San Francisco. He's 3,700 off the big game against the Rams, two touchdowns, seven targets. Um, that was his first game over 50 yards. I think as we get in the playoffs here, like he's merged as a clear number three, but like I think I like I like the second Kansas City guy. I like Johnson. I like Claypool more than I like Juwan Jennings. I think it's hard in the Niners' offense the way they run the ball to like support that fourth guy. Like it worked last week, but I think it's just kind of a, a fluky thing that worked out. I like that Juwan Jennings has emerged, but – like with Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle there, I just think it's hard to get, hard for me to get there. I'd rather play somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, I, I agree with you. You know, you, you'd expect in a playoff game that the touches to condense to their stars. It might be too much, too much to ask to get to get Johnson a bunch of targets. Um, one guy we didn't mention uh, that seems okay: uh, Cedric Wilson, forty three hundred. For the Cowboys, um, six targets in back-to-back weeks with with Gallup out. Um, he's made some big plays. Um, seems like Dak likes looking for him. So 4,300 4, uh, touchdown upside for, for someone like Wilson. So I think that's a decent tournament option. I do too. It's a nice, it's a nice cheap piece of that uh, the game. We mentioned that we mentioned the total. The, the total in the game is fifty one. It's the highest total on the slate. So that's a, that's a, that's a good note there. I did have Cedric Wilson here too. Like picking between those guys is tough, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a big differentiator in lineups. Um, we've got a little bit longer here. I've got to kind of jump. But we talked about uh, tight ends is huge on the slate. Kelsey, Gronkowski, Kittle, um, 67, 64, and fifty eight respectively. Dalton Schultz is five thousand. Dallas Goddard is a screaming value at forty four hundred. Granted, this game, it doesn't really work out well, and the weather is involved there, but I still think at 4,500, he sticks out for a lot of people. He's uh, he's played really – he's been really active since Earth was gone. Friermuth is 4,200. Um, of the top guys, I like playing uh, Kittle for less money than Kelsey and Gronkowski. I really like Kittle this week. He's been very down after that hot three-game stretch he had. Um, I think you can get a playoff game. I think they're going to be like, it's time to lean on George Kittle a little bit. So I do like Kittle at 5,800 more than I like Kelsey and Gronk. As much as I like those guys – I had to pick one of the three and you probably do play me, you know, you can play two, but if I had to pick one, I'm going Kittle this week for the money savings. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, 
one thing I'll say just about Gronk, uh, it's a really good spot for Gronk against uh, an Eagles defense that sort of funnels everything to tight ends. Uh, the Eagles defense gave up the most yards in the league to tight ends and the most touchdowns in the league to tight ends. Um, mentioned Darius Slay. Uh, with coverage on the outside, the defense funnels everything to the middle. Um, so it's a re really good spot for Gronk. Um, but yeah, I like Kittle too. I like the salary savings. You can't really go wrong with these tight ends. Goddard's price tag being so low yeah. um, sort of outweighs the fact that maybe that game isn't the greatest spot. Um, so yeah, I, I like all those guys. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he, he, Dallas got it at forty four hundred. You're right; just sticks out. He had seventy plus yards in three of his last four. Uh, last game he played, he was six or seventy one, seven targets. So I think a lot of, I think a popular way made to go is Goddard, and then one of the one of the top three guys. I think a lot of people are going to play two tight ends. It's there's a lot of guys ways to go in the slate, which makes it for three games. There are a lot of different paths. Um, we talked about Gronk and Kittle. Do you think like people just see that cheaper price and stay away from Kelsey? Like I just wonder if. I mean, Kelsey in a playoff game. I, I know he didn't, I know. he didn't, he scored last week. He didn't do a lot yardage wise. He has fewer than 35 yards in four of his last five games, which seems impossible for Travis Kelly. Like, this is the guy that always puts up the targets and yards and stats no matter what. Um, 6,700 is not even that expensive for Kelsey. Either you can get there if you play the cheap running backs. Um, I wonder if maybe I need to rethink that and try and force him in some lineups just based on the fact that it's so easy to go without him. Yeah. So, yeah, really good points. Uh, cheapest Kelsey's been all season, 6,700. And uh, he is projected to be the less popular uh, than those other three, yeah. than all of them, less popular than Gronk, Kittle, and Goddard. So, you know, I guess sort of similarly to how we said Jamar Chase might get you a little bit of leverage, Travis Kelsey might get you uh, a little bit of leverage on I, this. I never, I never thought we'd be able to say that on a short slate. That's that's it's, pretty wild. The, the tight ends. Especially at that price tag. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, a uh, tight end is tough. Uh, you can make arguments I, for all these guys. Uh, I good think I, just so, I think I just changed my mind live on the air. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to try and get Kelsey over Kittle and Gronk. Yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if Kelsey's going to be less popular than all those guys, he can just easily break the slate, put up yeah. 25 fantasy points. I mean, very easily in this matchup, KC has the highest implied total, uh, great price tag. Yeah. Take your pick. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, got to play a defense here too. Um, I assume it'll be, everybody's gonna play one of the three home defenses or San Francisco, I suppose. Um, although that's a little scary against the Dallas, uh, Dallas offense. Uh, what, uh, what say you, what, uh, what defense are you taking on this slate? If you got to pick one? Um, I think if I got to pick one, it's, it's hard for me not to, play the chiefs at home against big Ben. Um, but I think you can make like a good, I think you can make a good argument for Tampa uh, going against Hertz and maybe bad weather and the Cowboys who we've seen force a ton of turnovers this year. And we've seen Jimmy G throw some questionable interceptions lately. Um, I'm going with the chiefs. What about you? It breaks my heart, but fantasy wise, I think Dallas is the best play. Thirty one hundred. I think that uh, I think Jimmy will make some plays, but I think he'll make some mistakes also. Uh, Micah Parsons, obviously, a ton of sacks. Dallas has nine sacks last week. Jimmy, like if the first option's not there, he'll go quick to the second. And then he, he he'll take some sacks. So I just uh, I'm concerned about that. I think the Niners will be able to score some points, but I think like fantasy wise, I think Dallas is going to get some opportunities to make some big plays. Uh, Jimmy will give them a couple chances to make a make a big pick. Hopefully not. Hopefully not in the wrong spot. Hopefully not for a pick six. But uh, I think that Dallas is my favorite. Um, Tampa's interesting. Like my concern with Tampa is that 
can they make Philly pass? Like if we get into this game that's like in bad weather and slow down, like is Philly just going to hand the ball off a bunch of times? And that's not good for a fantasy defense. But if they can get up and make Philly throw, then I then I kind of like them. But they're, they're they're my third choice. I'd go Dallas, then Kansas City. Kansas City seven sacks last three games. The game script is fantastic. Like making Ben throw fifty times and then a bunch of second half, like something bad's going to happen at that point. But uh, yeah. so I'm going I'm going Dallas first, then KC, then Tampa. If I have to rank the three home defenses. Okay, sounds good. Anybody else you want to talk about? I feel like we've we've gone long considering there's only five games, but it's a playoff slate. It's fun. There's a lot of stuff to talk about here, um, especially the Sunday slate is, is a really uh, fascinating and fun slate. Anybody else you want to talk about before we jump out of here uh, for, for the week? I think we hit everything. Beautiful. I uh, I think so, too. I hope everybody enjoys this uh, enjoys this week. It should be really fun. Six playoff games in the same weekend is a lot of fun. Obviously, the, the Rams and Cardinals are the, the standalone Monday night games. So we didn't talk about them on our slates, but obviously a fun game there also. Um, with the Rams kind of a uh, small, I think they're four point favorites, but thank you for listening for, to the uh, Rotowire fantasy football podcast, the Friday DFS version sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate them for that all year. If you want to please rate or review the podcast. That'd be great. Also, if you want to follow Ryan on Twitter, he's R Y A N B E L O N G I A. I'm at Scott Jensen, J E N S T A D. If uh, is uh, news comes out injury and weather, if you want to hit some questions on there, feel free to do so. We'll happy to answer that. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Enjoy all the games and uh, go Niners. Yeah. Thanks Scott. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.